First Kings chapter 15, and uh, we're going to begin to look at the kings of Israel in the southern kingdom and in the northern kingdom. But uh, I'm gonna, we're going to look here at one king tonight, and let me open my Bible here. First, First Kings chapter 15. We're just going to look at a few verses here. We're going to look at verse 1, then we're going to jump to verse 3, okay? Look what it says. Now in the 80th year of King, uh, 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nabad, reigned Abijah over Judah. And look what it says in verse 3. And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord is God, as the heart of David is Father. Let's pray. Heavenly, Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. As we dissect this chapter, Lord, I just pray, Father, give us something tonight we can learn, we can apply to our lives in a way, Lord, that we can live a life that brings honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today, I, not part of my message today, but today I had a wonderful conversation. My brother in Christ, he doesn't come to this church, he goes, goes to a very contemporary church. Uh, he's one of the guys that plays the guitar there. And he came to me and uh, he began just to boldly talk about the Lord. And there was a few people around and what a great opportunity to talk to him about the Lord and what the Lord, he, I made him, listen, I, I'm not going to argue with churches back and forth. I just talked to him about the Lord and what the Lord stands and what he says in his word. And he was listening. He was listening. I said, he said, well, it, in the end, we talked for a good 10, 15 minutes. He said, that was a good conversation. Yeah. That was good. It was Brother to brother, <laughs> it was a blessing, and those around, you know, heard that. It is, it was a great blessing. Anyway, but I just want to share that with you because Wednesday night is a little different than Sundays, and uh, I got to share with you something. It just happened to me today. I was blessed. It was really, really joyful. Then I'm sitting in my uh, my desk, looking at my computer, and I'm so intent looking because I work with numbers. I'm looking at numbers, and and I heard. Hi, it's Caitlin. <laughs> I'm like, hi, how are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so we talked for a little bit. I got Then I went and visit her in the afternoon. Right. We have now, my job is funny. We have now a couple of guys. I don't know if it happens on a place. It happened in my department. The guys walk around with the, with one of those delivery lunch cars, and he's bringing like uh, um, lollipops and 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 uh, breakfast foods and and all kinds of snacks, I guess. And he's stopping. And he goes, uh, "Would you like something?" Sure. <laughs> I don't eat any of that, but <laughs> I grab a couple of things, and and they're giving it away. I don't know why. Just give them once a week on, on Wednesdays or Thursdays, they walk by with that thing. So I, got, so I thought of Caitlin, so I, I went to her place. I delivered a lollipop. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, you know, so it was kind of funny. It's nice to work with, with people that have the same beliefs you have. 
You know, see, it's good because when I when I got that, it's very sugary. I would not eat lollipop or eat those things. My first thing is like, I can get. I usually bring it to my home to give it to my grandson, but he's not home right now with us. First of all, like, I can take this to Caitlin. <laughs> and I did. I don't know if she ate it or not. But anyway, what is a blessing to work with when you know is God's people? You. And you can go, you relate to them because they are your brothers in Christ or your sisters in Christ in this case. But I got a pleasant surprise today. When I look up, I'm like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing here? So anyway, so let's go to our lesson tonight. Let's share with you my blessings today. So, uh, so we look at this passage tonight. Who is he? Who is he? That's the title of the message. Uh, we are not for, uh, uh, we have to think about the sovereignty in God. Our God is a sovereign God. And uh, I'm telling you, if, if it was not for the God's sovereignty, the Jewish nation could never accomplish uh, what God called them to do because of their disobedience. They were, they were to bear witness of one true and living God uh, written in the Scripture and bring the Savior into the world. And, but they continually, continually disobeyed the Lord. I mean, but I, I, we look at the Old Testament and we see the disobedience of, of the Jewish people. I'm not saying all of them. You know, for an example, we say today, all oh, Christians are doing this. First, listen, folks, not all Christians are doing this. There are Christians who love the Lord. You walk in, the, in, in, in his precepts. The same thing in those days. But as a nation, those, kids, those guys, but let me put it this way. They were, uh, uh, the Lord worked through them and tried to work through them, but they continually disobeyed the Lord. So they, they were, now we come to this passage right here. We Now we see what? A split, two kingdoms. Why is that? There shouldn't be like one together. They split into two. But let me put it this way. But even that, even that, God wants to continue to bless and, and guide them, even with the split kingdoms. But let me put it this way. How many times we heard we hear of church splits? You go, oh, good night. What's going to happen to that church? Blah, blah. And when you forget something, out of church splits, out of church start many times. And out of those churches, they flourish sometimes. I'm not saying it's right every time. Some uh, church splits always happen because of not good. But how many times other churches begin because of something like that happened? And I'm not saying I agree with all of them, but think about it. We have two kingdoms here. The nation of Israel got split in two. We have the northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and we know that the, the way we're going to look at those, we look at the uh, Jeroboam last week, and so this week we have another guy right here. So there are now two kingdoms instead of one. And leaders are come uh, and common people in both kingdoms have departed from the Lord to serve idols. Now think about the children of Israel were exposed to idols where? In Egypt. This is something is amazing. Sometimes like you can remove a person from somewhere, but you never remove the heart of that person from the, what that person was exposed to. They were inclined to go to idol worship, and the nations around them uh, they have followed those things. So, so they split right here. So the priests still carry on the temple ministry in Judah, but during the 345 year of uh, uh, year of 345 years. Now I'm, I have a mistake right here. So, but the, the, during the reign of Rehoboam, in 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 um, 
Oh, okay. I, I got this right. But during, uh, uh, in Jew, but during the 345 year from Jeroboam reign to Zedekiah, only eight of Judah's king, uh, eight of 19 Ju uh, uh, kings were classified as good kings. And as for Israel, 20 kings. For the most part, they were all self-seeking men who were, we did evil in the sight of the Lord. Some even, some, uh, some even better than others, but no one was compared with David. David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. Can we find people that like today? People who really have zeal. You have a heart for God who loves God. I believe we do. There are many people who really love the Lord. You love His Word. You spend time on, their, on His Word. Strive to live to what God says. Listen, folks. It's not the opinion of men. What men says is what God says. Amen. That counts. Meaning people in law, well, no, no, it's what God says. What does the Bible say? So keep in mind that the, the book, in the books of 1 Kings and Chronicles, don't record history from, from a, exactly from the same perspective. The focus on 1 and 2 Kings is on the kings of Israel, but in, uh, in 1 and, 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 I'm sorry, 1 and 2 uh, Chronicles emphasize uh, and on David's di di uh, dynasty in Judah as well. So the northern kingdom of Israel, later called Samaria, is mentioned in Chronicles only when he had deals with Judah. So another kind uh, uh, thing to remember is that the two kingdoms use different systems keeping official records in here, in keeping official records. So in Judah, the king's, the king's reign was counted from the beginning uh, on the, uh, of the next calendar year after he began his reign while in Israel. So go down a little, a little bit right here. So we can see there is a difference between two kingdoms here. We have the northern kingdom, we have the southern kingdom. This, and, and, these, and unfortunately, many of these, those kings didn't walk in the footsteps of David. Didn't walk, they were not men after God's own heart. They were, did evil, the Bible says, in the sight of the Lord. So let us look at this king tonight. There's one king here we're going to look here tonight, and I want us to focus on him for a little bit. Number one, we see an unknown king. So the northern king of Israel had nine dynasties in about 250 years, while the southern kingdom faithfully maintained the Davidic dynasty for 350 years, give it or take it. And that was a dynasty from which the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, or the Son of David, will come. We see this in reference in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. So with all this, this fault, uh, its faults, the kingdom of Judah was identified with the, with the true and living God practice. Uh, Practicized or uh, authorized worship in the temple, and they had kings who came from David's family. Two of these kings are named in these chapters. One of these is uh, Abijah and Asa. So we see we see these kings right here coming from the line of David. So we like to look at his name, his name, letter A. This son of, uh, this son of Rehoboam was handicapped by by his father because of of his proven ability. You see this in Second Chronicles eleven twenty two. But he wasn't a, he wasn't a godly man. Even though in Chronicles we see an action that he did on which he faces Jeroboam and he told them, he reminded them of the God of Israel. But we're going to see that this guy didn't walk with the Lord either. You know, sometimes it's easy to point or single people out and tell them what they need to hear. But a lot of times we're not walking the way about, we're not, it's like you say, do as I say, don't do as I do. This is one of those guys. He, he singled Jeroboam out, and, and, and what he said was all correct. 
But he himself was not walking with the Lord either. We see his name here. So he, he reigned for, for only for three years. He was from David's line through both parents, from David's infamous and uh, son Absalom, was Abijah's patent grandfather. Uh, uh, so Abijah uh, uh, may have had David's blood flowing in his veins, but he didn't have David's perfect heart beating in his breast. You know, I put it like this. We can, we can put ourselves in these things. You can be a person after God's own heart. You love the Lord with all you got. And your kids come. Here comes your kid. Here comes your grandkids. There's no guarantee that that kid's going to walk on your footsteps. Neither your grandson and nobody down the line. You know why? Because they have a self-will. It doesn't mean they don't know the way you walk, and they don't see your testimony, they don't, they don't watch your testimony, they just don't want what you have. Don't we see many kids like that? And we say, Lord, why? Why? I taught everything I know. I'm still walking with you. Why? Because they don't want to. Don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. I know many parents who blame themselves. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should have done that. No, no. No guarantee. We say like this thing, like father, like son. Well, sometimes it's not like father, like son. So, so who is he right here? He is the great grandson of David, the grandson of Solomon right here, and the son of Rehoboam. So these kids see that this kid, this king right here, is coming from a, we know these people, they're very famous people. David, a man, a man after God's own heart. Uh, Solomon, another one that started good with the Lord. He ended up messing up towards the end. Do you see Rehoboam? Huh? So if you think it would be notable, but the most certainly is not. In fact, this king slips through history with Hardly any racket information of him at all. Even our text tonight seems to be lacking information about this guy. We saw David for, for the whole book of 2 Samuel. Sol- Solomon got the first 11 chapters of 1 Kings. Even Rehoboam and Jeroboam uh, intertwined to get in, the, uh, in, chapter, in, uh, in, chapters, uh, in four chapters, I'm sorry. But all Abijah gets is eight verses right here. And aside from a brief description about his character, his entire reign is summed up in verse, uh, in verse 6 like this. Look what it says in verse 6. And there, wa- there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life. Here we are in the section of Abijan. And when recounting his reign, it isn't even him, but his father who is listed. It is short of written. And, and as, after, uh, as after thought, in the book. Why? Because he represented nothing that was worthy to be in God's word. He failed to make a mark. He failed. He was a man that God appointed to be there as king, but guess what? He failed. Folks, let me put it this way. We are the children of the king of kings. God is our heavenly father. We should not fail to make a mark in this world. You say, but I'm just a homemaker. I'm just a pianist. I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm, just, I'm retired. We can make a mark in this world. 
for Christ. We can. I cannot make that mark for you, but you have to want to make it for yourself. You see, where is the zeal of God's people? I think we, many times we so focus on many other things, we forgot one thing. To worship and praise our God. That's what God wants us to do, to worship and praise Him and tell the world about Him. That we serve a living God, not a dead God. Don't come to my church, my church and visit because you will take a good nap. That should not be the case, right? Come to my church and visit because you're going to jump for joy. You know, we do sing the songs of Zion. And praise the Lord for that. So, go down here a little bit. Let's look at the second, number two here, number two. We see the foolish king, a foolish king. We see this in verse 1. Look at verse 3. And he walked in all, all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord is God, and the heart of David is father. So what we see right here, he said that he walked in all the sins of his father. Who was his father, class? Rehoboam. So if you go back to look at Rehoboam, Rehoboam walked the same way. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. This guy is doing the same thing. How many kids follow the footsteps of, his father, of their father? Oh, goodness. Let me put it this way. His lack of good sense could cause him to be a, a simply called a fool right here. To give just a little informative background of the boy, he became king in the 18th year of King Jeroboam here. So while Jeroboam is, is worshipping his golden calves in the north, Abijah now takes the throne in the south. Uh, since the, he only reigns three years in Jerusalem, keep in mind Jeroboam was king of Israel before this guy became king in Judah and continued to be king after he died. So another interesting note is this uh, 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 about this guy is that he followed the footsteps of his father. I was thinking about this. We all, all of us have skeletons in the closet, don't we? How many times do you saw your kids growing up and you say, and it just hits you, wow, it's just like me. I've done exactly like that. My kid, my daughter, my son... He's doing the same thing that I did before when I was at that age. Now, he said, and you, something we like, we smile. That's wonderful. Imagine that. Imagine your kid doing something that you did before and it was not good. How you feel about it? You're like, oh. And you find yourself like you remember that, like I've done this. Not very good, is it? He followed the footsteps of his father. We want our kids to follow our footsteps. All parents want that. But there are things that we have done we don't want them to follow. Because we've been there, we've done it, and we, sometimes we have regrets about it. I don't want my kids to do that. This guy right here, he followed the footsteps of his father. And you look what the Bible is very clear. The Bible says right here in verse 15, it says, And he walked... And not, not the goodness of his father. Look what he says. And he walked in all the sins of his father. You see what, he, what the Bible says? The Bible then said, you know, he walked in the goodness of his father. He walked in all the sins. So all the sin that his father had committed in the past, this guy repeats it. 
So what she had done before him, and his heart was not perfect with, with the Lord his God, as the heart of David is great-grandfather. But let me put it this way. Did David did wrong? Yes, he did. You know one thing that David did? He confessed his sin to the Lord. And that's the way we ought to be. We done wrong, we go to the Lord and ask forgiveness. Isn't that the way it should be? But this guy, walking in the footsteps of his father, obviously his father was not a good example. Folks, how many fathers don't deserve to be called fathers? I'm not going to preach on fathers tonight, but just because of the verse. How many fathers don't deserve to be called fathers? And, and their kids walk in the footsteps of their fathers. And it was exactly the same thing they had done. How many kids become wife beaters because the father was a wife beater? How many kids became alcoholics because the father was an alcoholic? How many kids became drug addicts because the father was one of them? The example is there. Oh, if my father did, so can I. I think it's good because my father's doing it. That's what this guy did. He walked in the sin, the Bible says, of his father. That should alarm us to say, Lord, I'm going to walk on your footsteps. Lord, I'm going to walk on your footsteps so my children can follow me. And if I fall, fall, Lord, I will ask you to forgive me. And my kids will see me on my knees asking forgiveness so they can do themselves the same thing. So letter A there, he followed, I'm ahead of myself, he followed his father's footsteps. Like I said, they are fathers who are godly, moral, living examples of faithfulness towards the Lord and towards their children. They are fathers who are great warriors for the Lord and their children love to follow their footsteps. But there are many fathers whose example of godliness is simple, not there. That is the case of Abijah. His father was not a godly example to follow, but he followed the footsteps of his father, the Bible says. Footsteps, he followed the sin of his father. Of course, tonight is not Father's Day, but this is a good message for Father's Day, I would say. A father would be an example to his children one way or the other. You follow that? One father, a father would be an example to his children one way or the other. Either a godly example or a evil example. How wonderful it is for us, as I'm talking about, including myself because I'm a father as well, to be that example of a godly person so our kids can follow. Will they follow? No, but if I'm following the Lord and they decide not to follow the Lord, it's not my fault. They made that decision themselves. You see, a significant verse 3, the Bible says he walked in all the sins of his father. The Bible literally tells us that this young man who followed follow all the sins of his father. Literally everything that his father did that was evil, he did it himself. Folks, there are some feature, uh, features in, uh, on our kids on which they resemble us. And we rejoice on that. We say, he has my eyes or he has my ears. He talks like me. 
Uh, he, he has my, my, like his arms are like mine. We, we, we do those things, but they act like we do. And they do many times. But it's hard for us to see them doing the same wrong things that we did ourselves, isn't it? All of us have done wrong things, like I said, that we're not very proud of it. Like I said, folks, all of us have skeletons in the closet. So the Bible tells us this guy, Abijan, practiced all the sins of his father. The question is, where are the sins of Rehoboam? Where are the sins of Rehoboam? What kind of sins this guy commit that this young man walk into it? Number one, idolatry. That's what his father did. So his father did, so did he. We see this from verse, 20, verse 21, 1 Kings 14, verse 21. Look what it says. And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was four, uh, 40 and 4 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose. And all the tribes of Israel to put his name there and his mother. And it goes on. Look at verse uh, 22. It says, And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they provoked him to jealousy and their sin which it they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and image and groves and on every high hill and under every green tree. And there, also, uh, uh, and there were also Sodomites in the land, and they, they did according to all the abominations of the nation which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. So the Bible says that Rehoboam did evil in the sight of the Lord, and guess who came behind him? His son. You think that the son watched? Yes. You know, we have a responsibility to the little ones that are falling behind us. They are watching us. They are watching us. You say, oh, pastor, what about my kids are adults now? They are watching you. We might not think that way, but they do watching us. I had one man in my family, he's not my son, <laughs> but he said to me, I'm going to see how long this Christian thing, this born-again Christian thing is going to last on you. <laughs> I said, it's going to be a lifelong, my friend. <laughs> I just keep watching. <laughs> I'm not doing this because to, to show him or to prove him. I, I was said in a way like I love the Lord, and I will serve him until I die. If you're around, keep on watching. I didn't do that. I'm not, I'm not serving the Lord purposely to provoke him. I'm just trying to make a point with him. So we see idolatry right here. Is idolatry right? Is, there, is, there, is, is there idolatry today? Well, a lot of churches, I mean, you see people worshiping stones out there. People worshiping the moon. We see people crossing themselves in front of statues that are supposed to resemble Jesus. Uh, and let me tell you, there's no, none of those statues resemble Jesus at all. We see that. What about other things? Can sports be an idol? Can movies be an idol? Can Hallmark be an idol? <laughs> but you see, what I'm trying to say, anything that we put between the Lord and us is an idol. So just because we're supposedly more educated 
than supposedly the people back then, because I doubt that. But anyway, we don't have any idols. We have many idols. And if you don't be careful, we put an idol between the Lord. Number two, we see hypocrisy. His father was a hypocrite as well. First Kings chapter 14, verse 25 to 28. Self-sufficiency. Uh, Second Chronicles 12, 13 to 14. So Rehoboam was too proud to seek God. Idolatry, hypocrisy, self-sufficient. And it says here, Abijah followed follow right in the line. He followed the footsteps of his father. He kept the idolatry going. He kept all those things going because that's what he saw in his father. That's the example that his father set for him. Fathers, we have a responsibility. I'm not preaching, this is not Father's Day tonight, but Father, we have a responsibility. Don't do because that's what you want to show. Do because you love the Lord and you want to serve Him and let your testimony follow through and let your kids watch you. Let it be, you see, He was, a, he was half-hearted. Second Chronicles 13, 1-12. Uh, and okay, in order to be fair and to gain more understanding, we need to see the whole story here. While the book of First uh, uh, of First Kings and Second Kings does not really tell us how much about Abijah here, Second Chronicles does record one incident in short reign. Go to Second Chronicles chapter thirteen and keep your finger in our text tonight. Let's look at something right here about this guy Abijah uh, in Second Chronicles chapter thirteen and verse one, all the way down. To verse 11. And let's see what it says there. Um, if you, We can pick up this in like verse 5. Uh, and I'm sorry, go back a little bit. In verse 4, it says, And Abijah stood up in Mount uh, Zemiron, or whatever mountain is there, which is the Mount Ephraim, and said, Hear me, thou Jeroboam, in all Israel. So this guy gets some courage, and this guy is going to talk like he is a spiritual Filled Christian. Okay? Look what it says. He, Jeroboam, who's Jeroboam? We look about Jeroboam last week. He was not a godly king. He was not a godly man. So this guy stands up to Jeroboam and going to tell him what he needs to hear. But look what he says. He says, Are ye not, uh, Ought ye not to know that the Lord God of Israel give the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him, to his sons by a covenant of salt? Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, is risen up and had rebelled against the Lord. And there are gathered unto him vain men, the children of Belial, who have strengthened themselves against Jeroboam, the son of Solomon. When Jeroboam, uh, Rehoboam, sorry, was young and tender heart and could not withstand them. And now you think to withstand the king, kingdom of the Lord in? Have ye not cast out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron? And the Levites and made him made you priests after the man of the nations of the other lands, so that whatsoever cometh to consecrate uh, himself with a young bullock and seven rams, the same may, the, may be a priest of them that are uh, not gods. But as for us, the Lord is our God. Look what it says right here. But as for us, the people of Judah, and he includes himself in this, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. And the, and the priests which minister unto the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the, and the Levites wait upon their business. And they burn unto the Lord even every morning and every evening, burn sacrifice and sweet incense and showbread, and set there in order upon the pure table. 
and a candlestick of gold, in which the lamps thereof, and burn incense evening. For we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but we have, but ye, pointing that to Jeroboam, but you, Jeroboam, have forsaken him. And behold, God himself is with us, for our captain and the and the, his priests with the sounding trumpet, trumpets do cry alarm, alarm against you. O children of Israel, fight ye not against now. Against Now, if, if you keep reading, you will find that Jeroboam plot and ambush he again, uh, behind Abijah and trap him in the middle of this battle right here. But there's one thing we see right here. This guy talks a big talk. He talks like he's this spiritual-filled man. I'm Jeroboam, you such a wicked man, I'm going to let you have it. Is anything that he said here that's not true? Absolutely true what he says. But the thing is, he talks the big talk, but he's not walking the walk. He's walking in the sins of his father. All the sins of his father. So, But this guy knows the word of God. This guy knows what it entails to walk in the ways of the Lord. But he's not doing it. But he's telling somebody else to do it. And he probably felt right. You know, you need to hear that because look at the way you live. The finger should be go this way. Look at the way I live. Do you realize that when we are half-hearted, we don't really do anything for the Lord with, with the heart of devotion? We never do with a total commit, committed heart? There we have a day on which Abijah uh, really appears to get things right. By that story, he sounds like a warrior for God here. His theology sounds good, and he appears to be a man of faith. Yet the right of, of kings acted like he never really uh, did anything good. That is admittedly confusing right here. It is uh, almost like we are not talking about the same guy here from Chronicles to First Kings, or or maybe the right of kings didn't like him, and the right of Chronicles did. After all, they did call him by the friend names. But let me let me put it this way: it is interesting here. The right of First Chronicles puts that up for us to hear to, to read, and the right of First Kings says that he walked in this in all the sins of his father. So, what's going on here? You know what's going on in Second Chronicles right there. You know what's going on there. Somebody's putting a face, telling somebody else the way he's walking in, in the wicked ways, but he himself is not. It's just words. It's see, when we say like this, talk is cheap, right? I think for us to talk, we got to walk the walk first. And this man was not walking with the Lord, but he's trying to tell another one to walk with the Lord. And he showed us, the way he's talking, he's trying to make this guy thinking that he... He's okay. They, he has his walk is right. It's interesting. I put it this way, folks. How many people fit in that category? A spirit-filled person has wisdom and knowledge. A spirit-filled person don't just go because what we want is those who are not walking with the Lord is to reconcile back with God, not chase them away or not prejudge them. When a brother falls away from the Lord, where is our job? 
to bring them back, to go after them, to pray for them, to tell them, I love, I love you, the Lord loves you, to encourage them to come back. What are these guys doing here? Look who I am and look who you are. Look where you are. You think Jeroboam went home saying, well, that's, that guy is really walking with the Lord. He was not. He was not. You see, look at some of the descriptions here. Look at verse 3. For a long, the second Chronicles 15, 3, it says, Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching, preaching, a, uh, a teaching priest and without law. That means that while Abijan gave Jeroboam this great speech about having the, uh, the true temple worship and all the Levites and, really, and real devotion to God, his devotion wasn't sincere as he made out to be. He had a mask. He put a face for people to see. And then Jesus spoke about that in the Gospels called the Pharisees and the Sadducees hypocrites. You go out and you pray those long prayers and you show the people how, how spiritual filled you are. But your hearts are what? And Jesus describes the way their hearts are. Because you're hypocrites because you're showing one thing, but your heart before God is, is not in the right place. And right here we see this guy talking the big talk, but his heart is far from God. His devotion was insincere as he made out to be. Abijah really didn't worship God any more than Rehoboam did. It just sounded good before the armies. Second Chronicles, look at verse 4. But when they in, the, in trouble did turn into the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. It is a Apparent that the only time Abijan truly saw God was when his tail was in, in a pinch right here. And of course, because he was afraid. And the only reason God came in the aid was not because of Abijan, not because of his sincerity, because he was not, but it was because of God's mercy. Look what it says in verse 5. And in, those, and in those times there was no peace to him that went out and not to him that came in, but a great vexation were upon all the inhabitants of the country. Putting the whole puzzle together here, we learn this, folks. So when the right of first king said, said there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of his life, he was correct. Abijah certainly knew all, all about God, but, but that, was, that was a God with power who could deliver, but he never sought God in a personal level. How sad it is for me to know the whole Bible, for me to memorize the whole Bible, for me to have a, be a good speaker and speak about God and tell others what to do about God, and I am not walking with God. How good is that? That makes me a hypocrite, doesn't it? Think about it. So I'm the preacher here. And I'm preaching, and I'm telling my, the congregation about God and what God wants us to do, how to walk with the Lord, and all that. And, I, you know, and then I'm not doing that. That's what this guy did. Listen, when the preacher preaches the message, that message got to be rewritten in his mind and his heart several times. Here's what I do. I write my message. 
about a month later, two months later, I preached the message. You know, sometimes I don't even remember the message anymore because it's been written for so long. When it comes about, I have to sit down and go through it and go through it again. Then deliver. It's got to work in the heart of the preacher. The preacher got to preach what he's living to give it to the people. So this guy is telling Jeroboam how to live and how wrong he was, but he was wrong himself because he was not walking in the footsteps of the Lord. Abijah was a half-hearted follower of God. He certainly had, a, had knowledge of God, for he knew where to turn in times of danger. He just didn't have the true commitment to him. God doesn't accept that that type of commitment from people. God has always demanded more than lip service, folks. God has always demanded more than half-hearted commitment. Jesus said that we must be willing to leave everything and follow whom? Him. Wasn't there a church in Revelation that he said he was, they were a lukewarm church? What he said, I want to... There you go. God wants us to love Him with heart, mind, and soul and everything we have. Just love Him. Folks, that's this. This Bible is not, never out of style. It's forever new. Because if I want to know the God of the Bible, i got to read it. If I want to put the practice or, or see if it's true what He says, i got to live what He says. And you say, but people say, but if you do live according to what God says, you know, you're going to be miserable. Do not believe in such a lie. That's the devil speaking. You know why? Because if we live according to what God says, you'll be very joyful. God loveth a, a cheerful heart. I'm paraphrasing the verse. Why do we think if you watch shows on TV from 5 o'clock to what, 8 o'clock, they try to make you laugh? I mean, the, the shows are not that great, but they strive to make you laugh. Why? Because they think it's healthy. Oh, I guess God knew that before it came, we uh, discovered that. God knew, it's been written for centuries. Then God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because worry doesn't do anybody good. Concern is one thing, worry is another. But it doesn't do anybody good. So I'm going to worry about something that's out of my... And the Lord says, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And we roll from side to side in bed. We can't sleep all night. Can't wait for that hour when we get up and we're going to take care of that thing. And when you get up, you go... Can't even get there because you're so tired. Right? But we worry all night. God says, you're not worried. Tomorrow takes care of itself. Number three. I'm almost done. A fortunate king. A fortunate king. By all counts, God should have done the same to Abijah's house as he had promised to, to Jeroboam's house. But God didn't. Why? Why? Look at verse 4 uh, of First Kings. Let's go back to our, our text. Why God didn't get rid of this guy? Look what it says. Nevertheless. For David's sake did the Lord 
is God. Give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. Because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, save only in the manner of Uriah the Hittite. The only reason God did not roll Abijah up in a tight little ball and fling them out of the planet was because God had high regards for Abijah's great-grandfather. God made a promise to David. We find that promise in Psalm 89. So that is what we call Abijah was the fortune king right here. By, by all accounts, we should have, he should have been plowed out, but because uh, the covenant that God had with David, God says, but his mercy was upon this person. How many, listen. I put it this way. Remember when you were like a kid? I'm going to give you a story that happened to me. I did something that was not very honorable. And I was, I was about 14. 14. That was not very honorable. I look back today and I was like, shame on me. That was not honorable. But the man... Who I did the thing for, I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> I know you guys, Pastor said, I'm not going to say it. But anyway, said to me, look at me and said, I know who you are. I know your father. I know your grandfather. And because of them, I'm going to forget this thing and let you go. Was that mercy? He didn't let me go because of me, because I was guilty as they could be. It was because of the testimony of somebody else. God didn't like wipe this guy out of the map there because of David's testimony. You see that? Does it pay to have a godly testimony? Yes, it does. Even our kids can benefit from that and our great-grandkids and our great-great-grandkids. Oh, I know where you come from. I know your family line. I know this. I know that. They're good people. Okay. Number four, we see a pointless king. Look at verse seven. Now the rest of the acts of Abijah and all that he did are they now written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah. And there was war between Abijah and Rehoboam. Oh, uh, Jeroboam, I'm sorry. And Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. So Abijah's life was not summed up in a great devotion here. Uh, Abijah's life was not remembered by some great revival, and his life is remembered by the, by the fact that, that there was never any peace in his reign, and he walked in, the, in all the sin of his father. Let me put it like, like this. What a pointless life for a king. What this guy did for Israel? Nothing. What he did for Israel? He walked in the sin of his father and caused all the people to follow him. Folks, let me put it this way. And we're going to close. How many people are living life with no point, no aim? They're just existing. They're just existing. They have no desire. They have no aim. They have nothing. They just exist. You get up in the morning and their life is like, ugh. Ugh. 
How wonderful it is to have aim. I get up in the morning, where's your aim? Serving my Savior. That's my aim. I mean, I do many things throughout the day, but my purpose is Christ. He's the aim. I mean, all of us here, we do different things, right? You don't do what I do. I don't do what you do. But our point is, everything we do, do all, the Bible says, for the glory of God. Lord, thank you I did this little thing. Thank you, thank you, Lord, I did this little thing. Did you find pleasure in washing the dishes? What about cleaning the table? What about empty the garbage? You say, what silly stuff. Do all for the glory of whom? God. To God be the glory. Aren't you glad you have legs to walk to the garbage can? Aren't you glad you have arms to put in the water and wash the dishes? Aren't you glad you, have, you can put your hands in that warm water and wash it? See that? Do all for the glory of God. May we have aim in our lives. Don't, listen, if you, Brother Tom, you are retired. Oh, I don't have an aim because I don't have a job anymore. Yes, you have an aim. You're still living. Live for the Lord. Live for the Lord. Let me conclude with this. Look at verse 3. And he walked in all the sin of his father, which had done before him. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father. The question obviously comes to us. What kind of legacy do you intend to leave? I think we can all honestly agree that none of us desire to be like this guy, Abijah. And yet many people in this world are following the footsteps of this guy. What kind of legacy you, honestly, with yourself before God, you want to leave in this world? I want people to think of me and say, this is a man that loved God. If that's the only thing they remember, I'll be fine with that. This is a man that loved God. Now Amanda said, he walked in all the sins of his father. What a legacy. What a sad legacy to have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much, Lord, for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. And I pray, Father, help us, Lord, to have aim in our life, in the things that we do, that we do all for your honor and for your glory. Lord, from the very moment we get out of bed to the very last minute when we close our eyes, May we say thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the little things and the big, big things that I have done, for the people that I came in contact with, the conversations that I have, and the places I went with these legs of mine that you give me, and the things that I saw with these eyes that you give me, and the things that I touch with these hands that I have. May everything be, bring on and glory to you. Pray, Father, help us not to be like this king that walk in the sin of his father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.